Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun talking to our guest today. I was reading his book. I shared with him, almost missed dinner because I couldn't put it down. Um, You know, and I read a lot of books for this program, and a lot of them are more kind of the meat and potatoes about how to do business. This was a very personal story, but it does tie into business, ties into life. And so it was a great book. I loved it. Can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to talk to my guest. So please join me in welcoming Matt Sweetwood to our program today. Welcome, Matt. Deb, wow. That was, there was so much energy in that. I, I just can kind of just sit here and pull in the draft of your energy. I know, I know. You know it's, it's funny. I, you know, I live now in the, in the South, and I've had some people who've said, darling, y'all need to slow down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm in Miami now, and Miami is like New York transplanted. We're like like the sixth borough here, so my New York heritage is fit right in. We'll get twice as much in the program, though, you know, because (laughs) we are just sailing right along. And this is on only one cup of coffee a long time ago, so just imagine. (laughs) I'm on two. I'm on two. I'm cleansing it with a little sparkling water. (sighs) right now as we you know talked about and then I'll hit the coffee about three quarters of the way through. Uh-huh. You won't even know I'll be gone so fast just back to the just, coffee. Just, right, like exactly. like you're the 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 the, the, the I, was, I can't think of the fast character there was Roadrunner. That's it. Yes. Beep, beep. <laughs> so okay well you know obviously we're gonna have a lot of, of fun but let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll really dive into this. So Matt Sweetwood this <laughs> Sweetwood is the CEO of LuxNow, the marketplace for luxury autos, homes, and yachts. He is an internationally known professional speaker, author, and consultant. With over 30 years of entrepreneurial experience, Matt has been credited with the reinvention of the modern camera store. However, his greatest achievement is having raised five, five, folks, successful children to adulthood as a single dad. He is a frequent TV and publication contributor and has a number one best-selling book, Leader of the Pack, How a Single Dad of Five Led His Kids, His Business, and Himself from Disaster to Success. So again, Matt, welcome. Wow, after that, I don't really, that's it. That's, that's you know, it, we're done. We're well, done. Except we've got got an hour that we have to talk. <laughs> okay. So we'll fill in some details. We'll fill in. We'll fill in. So let's, you know, I always have people tell us how they're they got to where they are today. And a great portion of that is in your book, um, as I mentioned. So be Vanna, hold the book up. Wait, wait, um, wait. it's again, it's called Leader of the Pack, how a single dad of five led his kids, his business, and himself from disaster to success. Wait, I'm and trying to get the look in the book. That's it. There we go. Okay. Very stoic. Um, yeah. Disaster <laughs> is probably an understatement. 
You know, as I read your book, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, what's next? And, you know, the, the overriding theme of the book, and, and I love this part, is that we have to take personal responsibility. You know, things happen. And, and they really, in, in your case, were not good. But tell us a little bit about, about, about your background and how you got to where you are today. You know, I, I really love your um, high-level view of the book. And what's brilliant about your analysis of the book, and I'm going to call it brilliant, is, you know, I'm a speaker, I'm a professional speaker. I go out and I talk on lots of topics. I've talked on personal branding. I, I've talked on business reinvention, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to in here. But really, at the top of the pyramid, the big the big issue, the big thing that is is that self-reliance, mm -hmm. you know, the, the of per personal responsibility, right. which you caught. That's really mm -hmm. what the book is ultimately about, is you have all of these things happen to you, mm -hmm. right? You notice how I said happen to you? Right. And it's till you realize that you caused them to happen mm -hmm. to you. You're responsible right. for all of that, that you can actually make a positive mm -hmm. difference in your life, mm -hmm. that you can actually improve things. Right. And I think that's really what my journey is about, is about continually making these idiotic, stupid mistakes, right? And not just the wrong thing and putting myself in all these places, being angry at everybody, blaming everybody. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mean fault in a, you know, woe is me. Right, right. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, you want to fix mm -hmm. this. You're going to, not only is it your fault, you're going to have to get yourself out. And that's really my story. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, leader of the pack is really the story of how I was going through this um, American dream life of, you know, the wife and the two kids and the picket fence and the dog and whatever car garage and off to work and I make the money and the wife takes care of the kids and all that stuff. That was the plan. Right. And you know, especially it, our generation, that's what right. we were told we were supposed to do. Absolutely. We, there was no, there was no deviation off of that. Mm -hmm. When I was born, I was going to college and then I was going to go into business. It was mm -hmm. just, that was it. Right. <laughs> this right. was, mm -hmm. there wasn't, there wasn't like some alternate plan. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was a kid, I had some idea in my mind that I was going to be like a professional football player, mm -hmm. but I'm only like a five foot 10 Jewish kid from New Jersey. And you know, we can maybe own a football team. Right. But, but yeah, you're not playing. I could catch the ball. I could throw mm -hmm. the ball really well, but you know, those guys that are six foot four and can run twice as fast, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. wasn't in the cards for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, that was a slight deviation, but then I realized, you know, this is it. We go to school, go to some Ivy league school and come mm -hmm. out. And unfortunately for me, I wasn't really prepared for life or prepared for the kinds of things that you face in life. So mm -hmm. it's sort of going through this half existence of life, got married mm -hmm. way too young, which a lot of people, you know, do mm -hmm. I was inexperienced. Right. And, and I ended up marrying a person who had issues, you know, why did issues I is an understatement. Right. Okay, so I don't want to be, I'm not going to go in, right. in attack mode. We want people you know, to read the book. Right. Let people <laughs> read the book and you'll see what I mean by issues. Um, you know, it's funny. I was just reading this morning the story of Johnny Depp. I don't know if you're following. He's in this, uh, you know, publicized divorce. Right. Oh, yeah. That is, it, just, it, it is ugly. It is ugly. I mean, and the press loves the fact that it's ugly. I mean, mm -hmm. I want to. But you see, I have enough experience in reading through the lines, mm -hmm. reading through the little bit of what's going on there. I'm going to try to avoid taking too much of a side right here. But I'm just going to say that the things that Johnny Depp says in that 
sound very familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. And I actually reached out this morning. I have a big Twitter following. By the way, you want to follow me on Twitter? I'm at M Sweetwood everywhere. Follow me. I, I respond. I, I tweet back at people. I, I do all sorts of things out there. So I look for Johnny Depp. He doesn't have a Twitter, by the way. At least I couldn't find it. I Whoa. gave it a few minutes because I was going to tell him to go read my book. It was mm-hmm. really going to help him. Right. Um, and so, you know, and, and I look, I look at even some of the most well-known people. I look at mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you follow that story, you'll see a very similar storyline mm-hmm. to mine. Right. And so for me, it was just, you know, it doesn't matter. Famous, not famous money, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You make sort of these inexperienced decisions in your life and you come to the realization that you put yourself in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And for me, the situation was, and I won't give out too much of the book, but the, the story is that my wife left us, left me and my five little kids when my youngest was still in diapers. Mm-hmm. My oldest was only eight. I had five kids. And, you know, I was, we were from that generation where dads were like, we, we went to work. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you got your briefcase, away you went. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You went to work, you came back, and all of a sudden, like, I had no idea how to be, you know, a uh, 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 care a parent in that mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm. Sure, I played ball with my kids, right. you know. But that caregiver I, role. Right, that mm-hmm. caregiver nurturing role. Well, I had no idea how to do that. Attacked by the court system. You know, which is very, very in that time. I don't know so much anymore. I, mm-hmm. Yes, it's so much anymore. It was a very uh, pro-female uh, court system, mm-hmm. right? Because of the long history of men taking advantage of women. Mm-hmm. You know, in divorce, the sort of the pendulum swung, and I got hit hard with the mm-hmm. pendulum the other way. Um, I write about that in the book and so on. But it wasn't until in my own story that I got over feeling sorry for myself, mm-hmm. got over blaming. Other people, I mean, it was me who chose to marry this person. I chose to have five kids with her. I chose to go in a business which was extremely difficult. You know, I was, you talk about in my in my intro bio there, reinventing the camera story. This is, this is 20 years into the business of having to reinvent that business many times, a low margin business. I chose to do that. I got a graduate degree and, you know, from an Ivy League school. I could have gone off and been a lawyer or been whatever. Mm-hmm. I chose to take that profession. Mm-hmm. I chose to marry. I chose to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so the consequences of what happened to me are all about me. Mm-hmm. And the only person who was going to pull himself out of that was me. Right. And that's really what the book talks about mm-hmm. is how no matter what craziness goes on in your life and how difficult it is in your life, you yourself can find the ways to pull yourself out. Mm-hmm. And eventually I did, obviously, you know, the book talks about what happens and then we don't want to give away the, the ending, you know, but Nevertheless, it talks about how I did that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I applied a lot of those principles in business too mm-hmm. and was able to transform my business. So that's kind of the, the right. overview of my uh, life mm-hmm. story that ended me up here in uh, Miami looking at, if I look that way, I look out the ocean. Oh, oh. Well, and, you know, a, a big part of why you pulled yourself up and, and out of the situation was your five kids. Um, you know, and at a time when it, many people would have just said, no, I'm done. You know, I'm, I, I love them, but, um, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, they've, they've turned into to fabulous adults, um, just based on what you say. And I know you're a little biased, but, um, but, you know, they could have had some, some issues too. And, and, you know, we're not saying that everything is, is perfect and, and hunky dory and everything, but, you know, I'm, I'm guessing a big part of that is they also saw by example, you know, they saw that you went, you know what? This is my responsibility. You know, I'm, I'm taking, taking ownership of this 
And so then they took ownership of what they could do. Um, you know, now it is very difficult when you're a child and you mentioned in your own childhood in the book, you know, some of the, the issues that, that were there, you know, but we can pull ourselves out of those. And, and so many people, I think, just stay stuck in the self-pity party. The, the, oh, woe is me. You know, whether it's that, you know, their parents didn't love them, you know, they, they had bad teachers, whatever, you know, it's, it's how we deal with those situations. And it's, it's interesting because I'm seeing now, especially, you know, as we're, we're um, recording this, we're in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the people who are blaming what's going on on a variety of things. And I'm not talking about saying, oh, China, you know, started the, the pandemic, all that. People are saying, well, it's, it's the government's fault that my business went under. It's the government's fault this. You know, it's mm-hmm. so-and-so's fault this. Well, you know, it, it, were there issues? Obviously. But, you know, a lot of businesses are thriving right now because they were able to either completely pivot and do something totally different or they were just able to adapt, um, you know, and, 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 I, and, and that's not to say, I mean, I feel really bad for the businesses that have gone under, um, you know, for the, the business owners, the employees, all of those people. But it's been interesting to watch those who went, well, this sucks, but here's what we're going to do to get out of it. Let me unpack. You have so much in there to unpack. I know. I just, there was the whole rest of the program right there. That's right. I'm going to unpack. But I'm good at unpacking, right? I had to pack and unpack for five kids. And I have 100 employees, you know, so you have to unpack. You have to be able to do this. I'm going to go back. First of all, I don't look at my kids with rose-tinted glasses, as they say. My kids will be the first to tell you this. They tell you sometimes I'm too hard on them. But that was a lesson that I learned way back when. Right. You know, I talk about a, a really transformative moment as a parent when I stopped trying to be their mom and I just mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm this guy from New Jersey. You know, if you watch The Sopranos, I'm like the non-sociopathic version of Tony Soprano. Okay. You know, so I'm, you know, once I stopped trying to be this, you know, feeling guilty for them, their mom left and we have all of these problems. And I started actually being like, you know, a kind of the rough edge dad that I am. Mm-hmm. I became a much better parent. Right. They love me for it. I love each other mm-hmm. and all of those things. And you know, so I don't look at my kids like that, though. They are they are successful by, I would say, modern measure. They all graduated from top schools. Most importantly, for parents out there of older kids, they're all financially off the payroll. So they're taking care. They're all paying for themselves, which is, nice. you know, <laughs> thank God every day for that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that that personal responsibility is ultimately the point you made is what they learned from me. Mm-hmm. Now I will tell you, I there were many aspects that I was not the you know I was not the parent that they feature on TV. You know I you weren't Aussie. No, I wasn't. It wasn't a little bit of you know ADHD in in this guy. You know mm-hmm. it was hard for me to sit and do their homework with them and do things certain things with them. You know they want to play ball. I did that. We went to hockey games. I did that with them. Took them with me, but. You know, the old adage that kids do as you do, not as you say. Mm-hmm. In my case, they saw me be relentless. Right. You know, when someone asks, what's the quality you is your strongest quality? Mm-hmm. I guess it's ultimately being relentless. Mm-hmm. So when I want something badly enough, I just don't stop. Mm-hmm. And I looked into those little, I mean, I can re- almost remember the day. We're talking 20 something years ago. I looked into these little kids. There were five little kids, all blonde haired and blue eyed. Right. I actually had 
blonde hair and <laughs> but there was blonde hair on that shiny dome at one point um you know and i look and they're looking up at me and they're like you know hey dad what's what's next mm -hmm. you know now i could have gone and traveled off to hawaii and become a professional surfer and been like i don't know mm -hmm. you guys figure it out you know mm -hmm. Let your let your let your mom deal with this, or let somebody else deal with this. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't going to, so it was up to me, mm -hmm. you know. And I love my kids enough, and I just wanted it badly enough. And so I went at what I did relentlessly. Mm -hmm. And I have a great line from keynote talk that I give where I say, "Relentless people rarely fail." Right. And I think that's what my kids learned mm -hmm. from me. They are the one thing that's true in all five of them mm -hmm. is that they are just hard, hard workers. Mm -hmm. When they want something, they just go for it. Right. And I think that's the thing they learned from me. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other things, like I said, that I did that weren't such good parents. And, you know, I wouldn't have gotten the check marks and, you know, maybe I had a little bit of a temper and I wasn't always, you know, but I, I loved them and I would always mm -hmm. compliment them. And, you know, I was present and I did a lot of things mm -hmm. right. And I think, as you pointed out, that's the kind of things that, you know, children mm -hmm. take from you. Right. And, and to me, I, you know, looking back, I had a lot of guilt. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought I was a bad, first of all, I had a lot of guilt because, you know, I married a woman, you're married a woman who leaves their children. You mm -hmm. take a little bit of that responsibility right. on yourself. And mm -hmm. you know, I talk about that in, mm -hmm. in the book to some extent, you know, and then I also had guilt because I thought I was just kind of a crappy father because I didn't do this and didn't do that. But, you know, we're result oriented society. Mm -hmm. My kids are all like right. superstars. So mm -hmm. either either it was me or God or a combination of both. I don't know what it was or something or maybe good genes from the other side. I don't know. But in any event, the kids all turned out good. Now, let me sort of pivot to what you said about businesses in, in COVID. Mm -hmm. My business, I was running an electronics business mm -hmm. and we were a seller of film for those of your audience that remembers photographic film. Right. It came yeah. in those little plastic containers that I love the little containers. How many of us are still using them to hold screws and things like that? Exactly, right. <laughs> so my business, not only that, not only did it sell film, we had a five share of film. We sold 5% of rolls of film sold in the United States mm. at the end of the 90s. Wow. Not only that, we sold small stores. Mm. So we sold we sold a product, that event that just fell off a cliff. And I know before we got on, we talked a little bit about what Kodak didn't do to reinvent itself mm -hmm. and so on, which is really interesting. Comrade, I have some interesting facts about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the small stores were all going out of business, mm -hmm. all being bought up. You know, a lot of times we saw a lot of pharmacies, a lot of drug stores, mm -hmm. all being bought up by the CVSs and mm -hmm. stuff, mm -hmm. small camera stores, all going out of business. So, on. so my business went through traumas, the marketplace traumas that are as large or larger than COVID. Right. And you just, have to figure out a way to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll talk about my current business, Lux Now. We're a startup, we're a late stage startup in the lingo world, we're post revenue. Um, we have a really cool concept mm -hmm. where we are a marketplace. If you think of like Airbnb for luxury. Mm -hmm. Right. We I was thinking on steroids. Airbnb right. on steroids. Do, we mm -hmm. also do luxury and exotic automobiles and we do yachts. All three verticals on one amazing app or website. It's a marketplace, really cool. We think we're gonna be the next big thing. We have the business started. In mm -hmm. other words, we built all of this tech, mm -hmm. we have built a team, and we started doing bookings in January and February, where business was going <laughs> like this. And Wham! Day, we had double <laughs> sales reserved in March, and it all went away. Mm -hmm. Right, because nobody could travel. Nobody, and luxury travel, travel to, right. you know, right. all of well, our, and, and it's even worse, all of our customers, or I shouldn't say that, many of our, uh, much of our inventory is in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And many of our clients come from New York. 
Right. So you're in one of the most impact, New York and New mm -hmm. Jersey, you're one of the most impact, mm -hmm. I'm just talking about this one little market, which mm -hmm. we're trying to prove. Mm -hmm. So we had all sorts of things going mm -hmm. on. And I will tell you, I took all sorts of steps with our company as the mm -hmm. CEO. This is my job. I didn't wait. I sensed something was going on. I remember right. back when they were, I guess it was early March mm -hmm. and they were saying, you know, we might close things here. And I'm mm -hmm. like, uh oh, uh oh, right. Mm -hmm. So I, the first thing I did was I walked out of our lease. I moved everybody home before it was mandatory. Oh, perfect. I got us all set up, mm -hmm. all set up, mm -hmm. ready to work. Yeah. So because you could go back into the office. I mean, there was always that thing. But yeah, if you got, you know, you you just took that step in advance. I took the step in advance because I want, didn't want it to all of a sudden happen mm -hmm. and be disoriented. We had communication set up. We did our Zoom thing. We did all sorts of things like that. I went in and I disabled all sorts of things that were costing us money mm -hmm. to, to reduce our burn rate. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I just saw our P&L, our profit and loss mm -hmm. for the few months. And we basically were shut for mm -hmm. a month and a half, two, mm -hmm. almost completely shut. And do you know that I have the business, I look like a CEO wizard, right? It's not really, it's not exactly like that. But we actually show a, a net, a startup showing a net profit in May and June because we did such a good job mm -hmm. as a team reducing expenses right. and reducing what we did that we actually... <laughs> look like looking at I was kind of laughing. Of course, we didn't do enough business. Right. Our business, you know, has been impacted. Mm -hmm. You know, and they just right now, as we're speaking right now, they're shut down short-term rentals mm -hmm. in a short end of thing. It's like we're still going through that period, but we're in a place where we can kind of like tread water. I just, mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, saw a statistic. Uh, I'm looking at it right now as I'm speaking to you. And the industries with the highest rate of unemployment are leisure and hospitality. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it right now with a 29% right. unemployment mm -hmm. rate. It's the number one impacted industry. Mm -hmm. yep. And I happen to be in it. So even in that case, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were able to do a, a good pivot. And also mm -hmm. we're fundraising, you know, and in this mm -hmm. environment, fundraising is extremely difficult. Everybody's mm -hmm. kind of, let's see what happens kind of circumstance. But there's, oh, but this is once again, to the point of self-reliance. Mm -hmm. Right. It comes down to, you know, we could have just sat there. Right. I'm not happy about what's going on. My business mm -hmm. is not growing. It's mm -hmm. not doing the things, but we're doing things to try to mm -hmm. get through this. And right. it, once again, it's all on me. I'm not waiting for the government. Mm -hmm. I'm not waiting for this. Mm -hmm. We got a little bit of PPP money because the way a, a startup works, you know, we don't have a lot of, we have outside contractors. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of payroll. We didn't get a lot of help from the government. I wasn't counting on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, we have to figure out a way to do it on our own or we go goodbye. And you know something <clears throat> to fi finalize this point? I want to be successful mm -hmm. badly enough to work at this relentlessly mm -hmm. so that we don't fail. Right. Relentless people rarely mm -hmm. fail. Right. You know, and they do make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But the key is to learn from them. And and hopefully never repeat them. You know, once in a while we do kind of make the same mistakes, and we're like, "Doy," um, but yeah, yeah. You know, and and so, but it it is. It's like okay, so we did that. What are we going to learn from it? And let's go on. Um, you know, and 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 you're right. I mean, with your business being so new and being so affected, it would have been pretty easy to say, "Man, it was fun," but we're not going to do it anymore. You know, or we're going to wait and see what happens in a couple of years. But you just kept at it, um, you know, and, and, and that is, as you were saying, that's the relentless part. You know, and, and that's what we're seeing with, say, restaurants who went, okay, people can't come in, so we're going to go to them. 
We're going to deliver. We're going to have takeout. Um, there are some places here in Atlanta that have actually physically transform part of their building to have to have takeout windows like like you would at a fast food place um you know and and so they're going to continue with that because they're like wow people like this um you know and that's that's kind of me yeah i yes i love going to a restaurant i've been to a restaurant twice since all of this started we were able to sit outside all that good stuff but I miss going and sitting and having a glass of wine and, you know, just kind of relaxing with friends and, and things like that. But it's also pretty nice to go and get that really good food and come back, you know, and, and you know, if I've just got it at my car or had it delivered, I can still be in my t-shirt and shorts <laughs> you know, and enjoy it while I'm watching TV and, and, you know, doing all of those things. So I think that whole business is definitely going to shift and, and stay. I mean, yeah, people want to go back into restaurants, but it's those that, that were able to make that transition. And I mean, the, the amazing thing is here in Atlanta, we've been, you know, and we've been criticized for opening the restaurants up fairly quickly. Many restaurants did not open, you know, driving around yesterday, there are still a lot of restaurants that are still only saying, and, and they were able to start having people come in in May. There were still signs saying takeout and delivery only. It was working for them, and so they're continuing with that. I don't know if in all fairness, I have much, much empathy for the restaurant business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you really think about the restaurant business a little bit, um, it's very, very hard for them to open when they and run full when they know that first of all they can only maybe at best have fifty percent right. seating. Mm -hmm. They don't know what food to order. They don't mm -hmm. know who's going to come into the restaurant. Mm -hmm. They can't count on being full. They could end up losing mm -hmm. more money right. by opening for, mm -hmm. um, for actual in-dining mm -hmm. business. So I understand the business model. My advice to restaurants would be, and landlords not going to like this, would be be very tough on your landlord, mm -hmm. right? The landlords, they need are you. The, ones, the landlords are the ones sitting back and mm -hmm. kind of enjoying this. Mm -hmm. Enjoying is, uh, that's a terrible thing to say. They're the ones who are suffering the least right. mm -hmm. from, from this in mm -hmm. that respect because mm -hmm. you know that they they can they have hard mm -hmm. contracts in there and people desperately mm -hmm. trying to pay the rent. Mm -hmm. You know, this is sort of a little bit of inside business advice because I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs. If you're in a tough rent situation, don't pay the rent. Right. You can't. Mm -hmm. Keep yourself in business, keep mm -hmm. your employees going, keep everything that's going, just don't pay that rent. Mm -hmm. And you try and gain some leverage mm -hmm. to work a better deal. Of mm -hmm. course, I'm, t I'm never telling somebody to break a contract right, or right. do that. Mm -hmm. But this is a, an extraordinary time. Mm -hmm. And I'm impressing upon many landlords, by the way, have been very generous. Oh, and, they've been and wonderful. Really mm -hmm. awesome with their clients and so on. And some have not been so. And the best way to get mm -hmm. leverage is to just not pay because mm -hmm. their ability to sue you is very, very low. Right. If you think about it, Landlords are going to start suing tenants, suing commercial tenants. Mm -hmm. They'll be, you'll be in court with that landlord like six years from now, mm -hmm. if it ever happens. Right, so, right. you know, you have some well, leverage, but, mm -hmm. you know, always try to be reasonable with the landlord, but don't pay the rent if it's going to put you mm -hmm. out of business. As simple as that. Right. And if restaurants, you know, can hold on, I, I really hope mm -hmm. I, I actually, our, my business has been really impacted, but I really feel bad for them because they put mm -hmm. physical labor mm -hmm. on the line every single day. Right, and right. This is couldn't be worse for them. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, all their employees, and that's where it's been interesting, too, is when their employees can be earning more on unemployment. 
with the with the the bonuses that are in there. And so even if you're open, they're like, I don't know, uh, no, I'm not coming back. Um, you know, and, and we've seen that especially with places like hair salons and and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's and and of course the big thing is keep those lines of communication open, whether it's your employees, whether it's your landlord, you know, be talking to your landlord and say, you know what, we can't, but what we're gonna do is can we extend our lease a year? You know, and you know, they, they don't want empty, unsellable space. So they're going to work with you in many cases as much as they possibly can too. I spoke to a restaurant owner here. I actually, we had a little executive meeting here uh, yesterday, the day before we sat a little outdoor restaurant here in Miami because that's what you do in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to the proprietor of the restaurant and he said his landlord's been extremely uncooperative with him. You know, he sends them a letter. They don't mm-hmm. respond. They respond. His attorney, their mm-hmm. attorney sends a letter. It's really kind of stupid, you know, on the part of the landlord because, they, you know, in normal circumstances, mm-hmm. it's hard to sue a tenant. Right. You know, the courts are going to be filled mm-hmm. with, you think the courts are going to be waiting to hear these cases. It's just, it's not a good yeah. strategy. Yeah. Not a good strategy mm-hmm. at all. And if they force out the restaurant, who's, who's going in there? Right. Yeah. A- another restaurant that in the same situation, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it will be empty space. So it's think, better to try and do something. To understand out of this or the hardest thing to really deal with is, you know, that, and, uh, that certain businesses are not sure they're going to recover. You think of like movie theaters, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure. I mean, they've already, you know, that on digital media, you know, digital online, on right. Netflix and Amazon mm-hmm. and all sorts of, and, uh, uh, you know, the various sites, uh, Fandango, right? that was mm-hmm. the one that was coming to mind. You can actually watch a first run movie mm-hmm. now. They come out and you right. can get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're pretty COVID free if you stay there. So I'm not sure how movie theaters, uh, my business is um, is very much impacted by the cruise business because mm-hmm. tourists come in and mm-hmm. they right. like to rent Lamborghinis mm-hmm. and they like to do fun things mm-hmm. while they're, you know, in some of our mm-hmm. places and locations. And the business shut down mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, and I don't know when that business is. Reopened. Oh yeah. I mean, we're arguably, hearing October. Arguably the mm-hmm. cruise business was the source mm-hmm. of COVID here in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, it's why, you know, everything they're telling you is completely false. It was here in Florida way, 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 way before um, any place else. Mm-hmm. People, I think there are people here who had it in November and December. Meaning, of course that what we're being told internationally mm-hmm. is total lie. Um, it was here way, way, way before mm-hmm. that. But, you we know, just didn't not, test not for it. Not political. I mean, just stating a fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just stating a fact, which is why actually here in Florida, actually the, the government here has done just an absolutely amazing job in keeping the death rate down. Mm-hmm. You know, because we were, we could have easily been another New York here. It didn't mm-hmm. require. It required even a few missteps, mm-hmm. and we would have a lot of uh, deceased older people. Which right. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I think about what happened in New York, I read yesterday, they think 12,000, you know, senior people passed away because of poor decision making by the government there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're very miraculous here. But my point being, you know, you're looking at these industries mm-hmm. and you just don't know what's going to happen going forward. And they have such a, a, a cascading effect on mm-hmm. other industries, you know, and you're talking travel and tourism touches I mean, right. so, so mm-hmm. much of the world. And I don't think this year, I don't think it's going to recover very much. Yeah. Well, and especially when you're in an area like, say, Miami, that tourism 
is the the main thing, um, you know. And and as you said, I mean, it's affecting everybody. So you know, the little the little shop owners that are there who all of a sudden have nobody yes. coming in, um, you know. And and you know, I, the, obviously the restaurants, the hotels. I mean, all of those places. It, it's just it's amazing. And you know, it, I think hopefully what will come out of this is that more people think, you know what, maybe we need to plan ahead. Um, you know, what are our contingency plans? Because this easily could come back, you know, and, and, or something like this could happen again. Now I happen to think Godzilla or aliens are the next thing, but it's, you know, uh, we really could, you know, and, and another pandemic now, you know, they're saying this is the once in hundred years. Okay. You say that with a flood, and then the next year you're hit with a big flood again. So you know those those things just never they shouldn't say those. I mean, you know, it just it doesn't. I make mean, sense. you can't really operate like that. We right. learn lessons from this, mm-hmm. and we try to take those lessons uh, forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and we also try to adapt. Like in my company, right. we have the advantage of offering very luxury accommodations, mm-hmm. reasonably priced but very luxury mm-hmm. accommodations, and we're able to control. So now, mm-hmm. from now on, we're we make a promise that mm-hmm. any. Thing that you rent on our platform will be COVID cleaned, mm-hmm. you know, and we have an ability to sort of offer mm-hmm. that to somebody who comes in mm-hmm. and, you know, we're going to try to pivot and use that right. to actually to our benefit. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, there's, you just learn, you live, mm-hmm. you learn, you try to adapt. It's not a good situation no matter what, yeah. unless you're like Amazon or Walmart or Oh yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Or, or, or Zoom, as we were saying. <laughs> you know, and, 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 but like one of the, one of the, the good offshoots are say cleaning companies. Um, I was talking to someone the other day who does uh, business cleaning of, of office spaces. Yeah. And he said, you know, they've always been at the high end of, of their processes. And he said, they really haven't had to change much to add because they were already doing a lot of those things. Yeah. But he said, you know, they've stepped it up. But what they've done is obviously they have promoted it more and said, hey, we're already doing this. Um, and and he, he said it was very interesting because people were like, oh, wow. And, but because they'd already been doing it, it was already built into the cost structure. And, you know, and, and it, were they seeing the future? No. He just went, let's add a, a, a higher level of what we do. You know, as opposed to being average cleaners, let's make it extra good. And he said, you know, clearly what that does is that prices you out of some people, but they didn't want to be working with those people anyway. You know, I think obviously there's, you you can always find opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, in any kind of crisis like this, if you're in the right kind of business. I just, but you know, and there were restaurants also, you know, some of them will be able to adapt Mm -hmm. getting back to the restaurant business or even the travel business Mm -hmm. will be able to adapt though. You see some companies actually not doing the right thing. You know, and I, I look at like American Airlines, you know, oh. they're trying to pack their flights again and stuff. I just think that that's not, mm-hmm. that's not a good strategy. And you see a lot of, a lot of hate going on. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's also, you know, keeping your brand intact, which mm-hmm. is something I like to talk about, right. mm-hmm. is that when you're in crisis, and this applies to you personally in your life too, that's when your true colors show. Mm-hmm. People remember that, mm-hmm. you know. People will remember that a long right. time. And I think you have to be really careful mm-hmm. to protect your brand mm-hmm. and not let it get tarnished in times like mm-hmm. this. Right. Yeah. I mean, planes are a great example. The, the big airlines where, you know, you've, you've got, say, Delta and Southwest saying we care about our passengers. We're not going to sell those center seats. And then you've got the other guy saying, we got to make up revenue. <laughs> you know? And I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's understandable that they have to make up the revenue. 
But all of the bad PR that is coming with that, especially when you have an alternative like a Delta, like a Southwest or, you know, some of the other airlines who are, you know, and it's a, it's purely a business decision on their part too, you know, to say, Hey, look at us, look at us. We're not doing that. Um, you know, and, and, but, and, and that's, you know, as a marketing person, that's, it's fascinating to me when I'm seeing the commercials that are, you know, I, I, I laugh, um, the, the, t- the contact free pizza. I keep thinking, so how much were they touching my pizza before? <laughs> you know? and, I mean, that's, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Like if they advertise clean See, restrooms, the are, were they dirty? There, <laughs> the, the lesson in there is that shouldn't be eating pizza. That's really the lesson. <laughs> you want to keep in shape, you know. I hate to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> pizza. I know. I know. I'm Jersey. Yeah. We have the best pizza. I'm from Jersey. This we have the best true. pizza in the world. This is true. Okay. Mm. So. <laughs> a splurge every once in a while is okay. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. You know, and, and, but, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the advertising, you know, where they're saying, mm-hmm. you know, they've stepped up all of these things. And, and I really have been thinking in a lot of those cases. So does it mean it wasn't clean before or. You know, a, a variety of things like that, and 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 of course, it's it's marketing, um, you know, and and which is is what we do. But it's but it but it's exactly as you said. It's the brand. You know what what do you want to be known as coming out of this? What the people I find that sucked you dry, or the people that were friendly and helpful. You know, from a branding perspective, what I find interesting is it used to be somewhat taboo to talk politics as a brand. Mm-hmm. And I find it very fascinating today to see, for whatever reason, panicked reasons, many, many corporations are taking political stances. Mm-hmm. And I find this nuts. Right. Because while they get a bunch of a percentage of mm-hmm. the population cheering them on mm-hmm. and saying, yeah, mm-hmm. there's another silent percentage of the population that are remembering that. Right. And being like, this is really, really painful for us that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't feel that right away, but the long-term effect on mm-hmm. the brand is really, right. it's, a mis- it's mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. huge mistake. Right. And this is my shout-out to all the other CEOs out there. We all have our political beliefs. Mm-hmm. We all believe what's right and wrong. We all either you know, think what's happening today mm-hmm. is okay or it's awful. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless... You, as a corporation, taking that moralistic position, I need to get behind this, mm-hmm. is a mistake that your shareholders, mm-hmm. your board of directors, and the people you answer to are not going to appreciate when you lose market share mm-hmm. and tarnish your brand because there's mm-hmm. a bunch of silent people not talking about it who you've really mm-hmm. upset. Right. So, and I, and I, I give a talk on personal branding all the time. And this is because I built a big personal mm-hmm. brand myself. And I always say to people, don't do the politics thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. going to get a whole mess of people mm-hmm. who think you're amazing and a whole mess of people that are going to hate you. Right. And that's not the goal. Unless you're in politics. You're in politics, go for it. Mm-hmm. But when you're running a right. corporation, and I just look at some of these companies and what they're doing and the things they're saying, and I'm mm-hmm. like, they are causing pain on a significant amount mm-hmm. of the population one way or the other. And mm-hmm. it's a, I, I just view it as crazy mistake. Mm-hmm. Stick to your business. Talk about your business. Talk about how you can help people. Mm-hmm. Talk about that's great. You know, we're all in this COVID thing together. You want to talk mm-hmm. about how your business has adapted mm-hmm. to this, how you're making it safer. That's all really good. Mm-hmm. Once you step out of that range, mm-hmm. you are just 
Fellow CEOs, don't do it. Actually, okay. do it. It's really good because it'll just steer more business time. Unless you're Elon mind. Musk. Holy right. schmoly. You know, <laughs> some of the things he says, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm sure Latin, and then, you know, his stock will dip a bit, but then we have an goes expression. We have an expression, okay? He has what's called, and there's two letters. The second one's you, money, okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when you're in that position and you're in, you can sort of get away with that kind of right. thing. And, and he's, you know, his consumer brand is in a sort of a stripe. So he has a little bit more latitude. Right. But, and I don't think he cares. No. You see, there's a difference once you don't care mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for the rest of us that have to go to work every day and earn a living and build our companies, mm -hmm. that, in my mind, is not, is not the direction. Right. right. You know, we once you, and mm -hmm. I dream that my goal is to take Lux now to a point where I can speak my conscience too. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this country and I sometimes things go on here that I don't like, but mm -hmm. I want to be really careful because I don't want to jeopardize my company. Right. And I'm thinking of your audience, which, mm -hmm. you know, has business people and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my heavy, heavy advice to them mm -hmm. is stay out of this. Mm -hmm. Right. Just completely stay well, out of it, particularly with a corporate voice. Mm -hmm. You know, personally, sometimes mm -hmm. you can get away with it a little bit, but, mm -hmm. you know, in your corporate voice, just keep out of it. Right. It's never going to, in the mm -hmm. end, it will not benefit you. Right. You know, and, and of course, the, the, the big hot buttons right now is the race issue, issue and then politics. I mean, true politics. We have a presidential election coming up. And, you know, it's been interesting. I'm on, on Facebook quite a bit. And there are businesses, there are people who have posted who I will no longer, and this, is, this has been happening for more than just, you know, the last four months. But they will post and they will say things that I'm like, you know what? That is so different than what I believe. Not that it's right or wrong. It's just different from what I believe. But I won't do business with them. And, and that's where the, the problem comes in, where, you know, you know, they're supporting X political candidate or Y political candidate or, you know, this issue, that issue, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and they're so forceful about it, um, you know, that, and, and more importantly, when they do things like say you're an idiot, if you believe mm -hmm. that way, you know, all these various things, um, you know, there was, was somebody here in Atlanta that I was in a networking group with, <laughs> we're never going to meet again. I mean, you know, are we ever really going to have networking groups again? But anyhow, this um, way we're yeah. going to do them on zoom. I know. As a matter of fact, I'm giving a speech to a big networking group, thousands of worldwide I love numbers. it. In two weeks, cool. it's going to be mm -hmm. yep. on Zoom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to wear pants. What a deal. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, this person, very, very good at what he does for his business. But what he posts on Facebook is just so bleh. And And it's funny because in a lot of ways, I actually believe the same way, but the way he posts it. And so I stopped going there. But more importantly... I stopped referring people to him. Of course. That's, and, but that's yeah. the point we're making is that yep. it's this unseen damage to your brain. Right. You can't measure it. Right. You yeah, because I didn't happen. want to jeopardize my reputation by referring hmm. to him. That's right. So it's, that's definitely an issue. And, you know, I get asked. I get, I'm on interviews a lot. And people ask me. I was on uh, the last podcast I was on. In fact, the, uh, the host actually asked me whether she believed that there was white privilege or whether I had white privilege. And I said to her, I said, well, we're on a business podcast. You know, this is a business mm -hmm. podcast. 
I, I'm, you know, that's a personal belief. I don't really. Mm-hmm. And she kind of pressed me. Mm-hmm. And I gave my answer to her was, look, I'm, I'm not qualified to answer mm-hmm. that question. Right. She didn't like that answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I yeah. said, look, I'm not qualified. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a political, mm-hmm. I'm not a political scholar. I'm not a sociological scholar. I do live in this country. Mm-hmm. I have my feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and she came after me a little bit, but. Um, and it's hard I, because we do have our opinions, but there's a place to express them and a place to not express. I them. just basically refuse to answer the question because it's not the forum. Mm-hmm. My, I'm sort of making the larger point. Mm-hmm. It just, if I go on a political podcast and I expect to get asked right. questions like mm-hmm. that, but it's sort of like nervy in my mind to ask me that kind. By the way, she liked me at the end. She wrote, she said something just amazing. She said, "You're like the most interesting man in the world." At the end, so I think I won her over at the end. <laughs> in any event, um, so but I'm just saying, I just don't like that discussion. I just don't think, from a brand perspective, and once again, I'm shouting out to your audience in a in a business environment. Just keep away from it. Just right. avoid it. Right. You can have your opinion. You can go donate money to whoever you want. Mm-hmm. You can go riot in the street if you want. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. You can go do whatever you want to do. You can go to a Trump rally. You mm-hmm. can go to a rock, whatever. Just keep it out of your business. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, and if you don't, then just be aware that there are consequences. Um, that, that person that I, I was speaking about, you know, he asked me one time, he said, do you think it costs me business be- that I post on Facebook? I said, it's cost, me, it's cost you my business. And I said, now, you know, and I said, but it's, it's obviously something you feel very strongly about. So, you know, you know, if you, and we all have that and which yeah. is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, and, and so, I, have yeah. I have a particular issue that if, mm-hmm. if, if you go there, you're gone. Right. That's it. Well, and you know, it comes back to what we were saying at the very start. You know, if you understand that there are consequences to your actions and you mm-hmm. still take them, then, you know, it, so it wasn't my fault that I didn't go to him anymore. He understood, you know, he had done something that I didn't like and I just wasn't going to go there anymore. Um, you know, and, and so he took responsibility. He said, you know what? Okay. Um, you know, and, and so th- that it does come back to that. I mean, if we say things that inflame people, then that's, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to, you know, and, and, and I always tell people, you know, it's important to be authentic to yourself. But again, there's a time and a place. You know, I always say, and I always appeal to people. They're like, but you don't understand. They're destroying the country. They're doing this. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's say you're right. I'm like, do you think your post is going to change their mind? (laughs) The only thing that's going to happen with your post Mm -hmm. is you're going to piss somebody off Mm -hmm. and hurt your business Mm -hmm. and hurt the people working with you or for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And ultimately your family when you take home Mm -hmm. less income. You know, and, and, and I tell people, you know, when I, like, if I send them a friend request, I say, I'm never going to post anything that's controversial. I said, my mother looks at my Facebook page every day and, you know, and, but more importantly, my clients do. And, you know, and, and I'm just not going to post anything where they're going to say, Hey, we don't want to do business with you. That said, if they were to do something that I just couldn't ethically be a part of, then I would, you know, and, and so it's, it, it gets complicated, um, you know, it but it's complicated. We're in a, you know, there's a, I heard a saying, we're in an election year, mm-hmm. meaning that oh, everything that happens is year. about the election, <laughs> everything. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it rains twice on Saturday, it's because of the election. Yep. Oh yeah. And, and COVID will go away the day after the election, the election or like, something like that. Right. Absolutely. There will be an absolute change in the mm-hmm. status of COVID, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. 
See, I'm going to say it more diplomatically. There's going to be a change in the status of COVID on November, whatever, 5th it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and part of that, it will actually be the media will cover it differently. You know, and, and, you know, and, and it, it, one way or the other, I mean, you know, that's the, the thing, but, you know, but I think that's one of the things too, that people in, especially the media are falling into the, the traps of is having to respond so quickly, um, you know, and, and having, and, and I think that's why a lot of businesses get themselves in trouble is they think, oh my gosh, I have to jump on that bandwagon. Um, you know, I, I'm old school PR where, you know, yes, there are things you have to deal with. I mean, there are, you know, just Look, time, but, but sometimes business. it goes away. We have the attention span of gnats. <laughs> there is a rule in business. Okay. And I, and I, once again, this is from one of my talks when I, when I, and I'll give away a little, one of my big nuggets right now is there's a saying, and I'm sure many people have heard it before. Many of your listeners never send an email when you're angry. Oh, yes. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, there's never an exception mm-hmm. to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. You never send an email when you're angry. Right. And I always say to people, compo- but you can compose the email. Right. That kind of helps you get it off your chest. Okay. Compose the email. Let it sit in your drafts folder. Go have a draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> have a, watch some, some cartoons on TV. And then go back and look at that email and mm-hmm. see and think still if you want to send it right. and then still wait to the next day. Mm-hmm. And then if you still want to send it the next day, mm-hmm. a couple of times I've done that, actually, even after giving this advice, mm-hmm. I've gone back the next day and realized the email wasn't hard enough. Right. Yeah. I thought about it and I really wasn't outraged mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But that is mm-hmm. extremely rare. Mm-hmm. 99 and 44 one hundredth percent of the time you're going to change or not mm-hmm. send that email. Right. And, and the and same even thing applies more, to corporate response. Mm-hmm, yeah. Don't, don't res- post and, and don't post on Facebook. Don't, you know, don't respond while you're angry. Don't, you know, I, it's, it's funny. I was posting on the other day on somebody's and it was about, it was the whole mask yeah. discussion. And all I said was I wear a mask and his, and this person's response. Now he was a friend of a friend. So I have no idea who this person is. Never met them was COVID idiot. And I actually thought that was kind of funny. Right. <laughs> and, and so I, I said, with, you know, oh, that's kind of a funny term. And, and of course, I should have let it drop. I mean, this was just, you know, the little voice was going, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop typing. <laughs> um, and so, you know, he, he came, of course, me thinking it was funny was certainly not the reaction he wanted. He wanted outrage. He wanted uproar. He wanted all those various things. So he zinged at me again. And, and then all I said was, you know, I'll be sure to tell. And again, the little voice was saying, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop posting. You know, we need to pay attention to those little voices on occasion. And, and I responded and I said, well, you know, I, I go by what my doctor says. And, you know, and then he dropped it. I mean, you know, he, and, and so he was the smarter one. He dropped it. But, you know, yeah, don't have those fights publicly. You know, we used to be taught in, you know, way back, way back before Al Gore invented the internet, when, because I was dealing with the media then, don't ever pick a fight with somebody who buys ink by the barrel. So in other words, don't call out that reporter because they're going to win. <laughs> they're just going to win that discussion. So don't have those fights on Facebook. Don't respond when you're annoyed. You know, calm down. And most of the time, it, 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 you know, you're going to have a much better response, even if it still has to have some anger in it. I agree completely. Right. Patience is the key mm-hmm. to success. Yeah. 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 You know, and resiliency. 
resiliency. Mm -hmm. You know, I think resiliency in today's world really forms itself in the terms of reinvention. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in a time when, um, you know, we used to say back in the 90s, mm -hmm. that's uh, 1990s, not 1890s. I don't want people to be confused. Back in the 1990s, we would always have sort of this talk. You'd ask somebody how their business was going. And they would say to you, well, you know, we were kind of flat year to year, but, you know, we're okay. Mm -hmm. And when you would hear that, that little voice you were talking about would go off in the back, you know, oh, he's in trouble. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be that if your business wasn't growing, the economy was always sort of, mm -hmm. was expanding, you know, more people being born, more things, mm -hmm. just continuous expansion of the economy. Mm -hmm. If your business wasn't growing, at least at that rate or more, mm -hmm. you're in trouble. So we'd right. say, if your business isn't growing, it's dying. Mm -hmm. But something happened during Y2K and as we moved into the internet age and the rapid pace in which things happen, mm -hmm. whether we can argue whether they happen by chance or because it's made to happen, we don't get conspiracy theories, but things, events happen so quickly now that it's no longer good enough to say, I'm growing my business. In other words, sales are up 5% mm -hmm. from this year to next year. You have to reinvent your business mm -hmm. on, a, on a continuous basis. And if you're not continually looking at reinventing your business, mm -hmm. you're, I guarantee you, you're going to hit some very, very hard times and may not survive. Mm -hmm. them. So this is another sort of thing I reach out to when I talk to other entrepreneurs, I talk to business people. I say right now, even if your mm -hmm. business is doing the best it's mm -hmm. ever been doing, look at how you can reinvent mm -hmm. this business and pivot mm -hmm. it to do something else or something new or something bigger. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you market conditions, COVID, whatever, some bomb is going to mm -hmm. drop and you're gonna, I'm not going to be prepared right. for it. So you should always be looking ahead. It's kind of like racing mm -hmm. a car. Mm -hmm. I race cars, kind of mm -hmm. do it for a hobby. You become a more effective driver when you can look further. The further right. you look down mm -hmm. that track, mm -hmm. the better driver you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And that's true when you're running a business to right. make sure to look ahead and continuously work on reinventing your mm -hmm. business. You know, we talked about Kodak before, mm -hmm. you know, and there's some crazy stories about the Eastman Kodak company, which was a fortune top five mm -hmm. or 10 company. They were one of the largest mm -hmm. companies in the world, a gilded company, mm -hmm. you know, and I was actually in the CEO's office when they showed us this gradual decline, it was early 2000s. Mm -hmm. They said film was going to go like this, this nice, slow, smooth mm -hmm. slope, gradual hill like we have in Florida, no hills, they're all kind of mm -hmm. gradual. And sure enough, 2008 film just fell off the cliff. Yeah. 2012. Because oh, yeah. these little things started. Yeah, that's <laughs> 2000, well, it was digital cameras to start with. Not even that's those. That's true. That was oh, just, yeah. That yeah was digital final, cameras. That mm -hmm. was the final, you know, mm -hmm. pounding on them. You know, and, and camera sales, film, digital camera sales took over. 2008 mm -hmm. film just right. went completely away. But the amazing part about that story is what was Kodak? Mm -hmm. They invented the digital imaging sensor and the mm -hmm. digital camera. Right. They invented it. Mm -hmm. but they went, held it yeah. mm -hmm. because they didn't want to cannibalize or affect right. the cash cow. Their own the business. Mm -hmm. It is a, the classic mm -hmm. story right. of failure to reinvent when you're at your peak. Mm -hmm. And that resulted in ultimate failure. Right. And I'll tell you another little interesting sort of karmistic thing. Three months to the day that Kodak, almost to the day, I don't want to say exactly today, it was essentially three months from the day that Kodak declared bankruptcy, Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars. Wow. So you went from this one company, which had this big photo sharing service and film mm -hmm. and everything, out of business into the new media. That mm -hmm. transition in the same year is just so mm -hmm. startling. Right. Because Kodak could have been Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
Kodak could have been the leader in the digital market, but they yep. didn't reinvent themselves. They mm -hmm. couldn't. So oh, yeah. that's my parting words, as I know mm -hmm. we're getting to the end of our mm -hmm. time to business owners out there is look right now while you're sitting in your home mm -hmm. office, like we right. all are, mm -hmm. you should be thinking about that business, mm -hmm. how I'm going to reinvent mm -hmm. that business, even if you're doing well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because nothing stays the same. I mean, you know, what do they say? Change is the only constant. And, and that's true. You know, for good and bad, things change. Technology is, of course, one of the big driving factors in that. Just ask Barnes and Noble. Um, you know, and, and, but yeah, it's, it's, and, and personally, I always want to be thinking about what's next. And maybe it's out of a boredom thing. Well, this is boring. I'm getting kind of bored with this. So what's next? But, but it is, it's kind of, it, for me, it's fun to think, okay, what is next? Um, but it's also scary because, you know, especially if you're having to invest capital and, and things like that. But, you know, yeah, think about, it, it, it's funny. One of the funniest things I keep seeing on Facebook is, you know, if we go back and, and, you know, we're all asked that question, where do you expect you'll be five years from now? We, five years ago, we certainly didn't foresee this. You know, and, and we joke about that, but that's true. I mean, I you know, and, and can we plan anymore. for it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about two years? How about one year? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and even six months. I mean, it's to me, I think the next six months to a year are going to bring some huge changes. You know, I think a lot of businesses are going to say, we're going to do you know, exactly what you've done. We're going to stay at home. We don't need a physical office space or we don't need as big a physical office space. Um, we don't need as many employees. We can be, you know, we can have employees that work five hours a day because they're so much better at it when they're, you know, focused at home, you know, and all of these things. It's, it's, I can't wait. I think it's just going to be very cool to see what all happens. Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope it's going to be very cool. I know, I know. No second wave, no aliens, no Godzilla. <laughs> exactly. Matt, this really has been wonderful. And so tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Okay, I am easy. I was one of those early, I had hair when I went on social media to start <laughs> with. So I was an early adopter. I am M Sweetwood everywhere. Twitter, cool. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. My website is msweetwood.com. Luxnow, L-U-X-N-O-W. You can learn about that. And of course, my book you can find on Amazon and everywhere, Leader of the Pack. That's me. Um, as you were so gracious to point out, it's a it's a pretty fast read. And um, but it's it's a please good reach read. out to me. I, I I love when I'm on these shows and people reach out to me. I write, I connect back with everybody. It really means a lot to me. And thanks for having me on. I love it. It's been great. So do you have any final thoughts to leave everyone with? I'm going to leave you with my personal slogan, which is just want success badly enough. Just want it badly enough. If you're relentless, you will not fail. Be relentless. Don't let anything deter you from success. I love it. Well, I've been having an absolutely delightful time talking with Max Sweetwood. See, I don't know what I have. I just have a problem with your name today. Name today. Matt Sweetwood. <laughs> I'd be Max. I'll be anything you want. Okay, okay. You know, just don't call Do you late for dinner, one of I those trust things. Me, I'll cash that check with you right now. This or is Max. true. This is true. So I've been having a wonderful time talking with Matt Sweetwood. I'm Deb Creer. <laughs> Until next time, everyone have a great day. 
Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.